Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi there. You're listening to Royals. It's the only podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. My name's Zoe Burrell and I'm a writer about all things royal at New Idea magazine. And I'm Angela Mollard and I'm a journalist, author and proud royal expert. And on the show today, we're going to be chatting all about Christmas with the royals and particularly the fears surrounding Prince Andrew. And the special test for royal stuff. And the difficult situation that Camilla finds herself in this Christmas. Yes, it's just like everyone else's Christmas, <laughs> isn't it, Sally? They're no, no more immune to the problems around Christmas than the rest of us, which I jolly well love. <laughs> and of course, we'll get there, but we got to chat about Christmas with the royal family. It must be so big. The preparations must start months in advance, do they? Oh, there's so much involved. And in fact, the Queen is more across it than you would think. So they don't just have a tree at Sandringham. They have trees at every palace, one at Buckingham Palace, one at Windsor, you know, one at Balmoral, because there's staff obviously in all these places, even when the Queen isn't there. So lots goes on beforehand, but there's one special job that is always uh, kept for Prince Philip. And this worries me somewhat that at 98, he still does this job, but he actually puts the gold star on the top of the tree at Aww. Sandringham. So I don't know how he gets up there or whether they have it leaning against a staircase that he can put it on from above or how it works. Because these aren't just your local scout fundraiser with a little tree that's two foot high. These are massive trees that they have with loads of baubles and lights and whatnot. So Prince Philip always puts the gold star on. So you know, it's a lovely thought that they have that tradition. But then when the little kids come at Christmas, they leave some space down the bottom for them to oh, add baubles and things. And actually, that reminds me, I love that Kate Middleton's mum, Carol, she, even though the royal kids have multiple um, Christmas trees, she always in her house has a tree, especially for her grandchildren, to come and put baubles on as well. And I quite like the ordinariness because I reckon hers is the one that has the toilet paper reindeer and the little pasta shell baby <laughs> Jesus and all that. I don't reckon that would go down on the Queen's Christmas tree. But I love the fact that Carol's one is probably the the one that my one looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that most people's look like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not um, colour coordinated. No, no. <laughs> but I don't know how the Queen, though, gets anything done before Christmas because they send out hundreds and hundreds of Christmas cards and it's they don't have a, like a little stamped that some member of staff stamps. They personally sign... So the Queen at 93 and Philip at 98 sign every single Christmas card that goes out to all the friends, family, staff. So, I mean, you'd have a sore hand. You'd need your, <laughs> you'd need your martini by Christmas Day, wouldn't you? Oh, she, yes, she has a martini on, uh, on Christmas. You'd oh, need does that she? I love that. Christmas cards. Yeah, she loves a martini, apparently, the Queen. <laughs> and they're not weak either. <laughs> so, um, I was reading a piece that said about that you have to be quite careful if you have go to events with the Queen because they're not stingy in the measures. So 
so you, you have to be very careful because you'd suddenly be blotto before they've even rolled out the turkey. Oh, and you definitely wouldn't want that when you were having Christmas with the Queen, no, would you? No, although they don't really invite many extras. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hard to get in there. So, uh, yeah, I think they probably just all roll about themselves, you know, <laughs> pissed as fast. Oops, nope, didn't say that. <laughs> of course, though, turning up to Christmas isn't just like rocking up in the car, is it? No. They have no. rules oh, about this, don't I really they? I didn't know that. I've only just learned this. So what happens is there's a real strict hi- hierarchy about it's kind of like going to a funeral or a wedding. Like who comes in? So even for Christmas, so the minor royals have, and the minor and the younger royals have to arrive first, and then the, then there's the next echelon of the royals, and then there's like the likes of Charles and Camilla. So they have to arrive after their children, but they all have to arrive before the queen. So the queen, and the queen actually travels by public transport. She doesn't um, go on in a, in a helicopter or a car. She goes on a first class train seat and she heads up to Norfolk and then has a little transfer over to Sandringham and and she's always last to arrive. Not surprising because she's probably doing those last minute Christmas cards. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't. I was not aware of that. But oh, there's so many processes and protocols in that family, aren't there? It would just be. Doesn't sound relaxing. You can see why Harry and Meghan <laughs> have decided to just, you know, do it yeah. themselves. Well, didn't Fergie always say that? She said you had to change yeah. like eight times a day and the different clothes and, and that she got really f- – well, not – she didn't say she got fed up with it, but that it was very tiring and that, you you know, on the Christmas Eve it is full black tie. And, you know, it's the middle of winter, so black tie and cocktail dresses in the middle of – I mean, I know the palaces are heated, but who wants to do that when you've got kids and uh, – I think it would be very challenging. I, I'm, I can see why people want to bunk off that occasion because yeah. it's it's just a bit too proper. But you never know. Charles, when he becomes king, may change it or soften it. And certainly William will. I, th- I don't think William would have quite the Christmas that his grandmother has. And that's great. There's you know There will be evolution. But, yeah, at the moment it's, it's very strict and formal. I would love to imagine them all in matching pajamas, though. You know, that would be funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, yeah, I know, like some kind of sitcom, and it would be great. But they're quite lighthearted around presents, so you don't give a you know a nice linen set or anything like that. It's all joke presents. So one year, Kate gave Prince Harry before he got married a blow up your own girlfriend kit. You know, no, oh no, make your own girlfriend kit so he could make it and and then she was really worried about what she was going to give the queen the first year that she went to Sandringham and she thought oh, what you know what could he get the queen and she made her own chutney from a family recipe and she said it would later say that she was really delighted on Christmas morning to see that her chutney was actually in a little bowl on the table so and Diana when Diana first went she didn't know that there was this joke present tradition so she'd got Princess Anne this gorgeous cashmere jumper all very sensible and expensive and handed it over and was hadn't been made aware that it was just you know novelty presents. Poor thing, they don't communicate. They didn't well, communicate. Should have told her that before they went. I don't think they were talking much. <laughs> I mean, there was that wedding. You know, they got married in August. I don't think they were talking by December. So yeah, he didn't give her that information. Mm. She was very annoyed about it, as came out in her true story, the book that she did, obviously. Yes, but yes, Christmas Eve is a big deal for the royals, isn't it? Is that actually when they give out their presents? That, isn't that it? is. So they sit yeah. around and they have these long trestle tables because, of course, there's so many of them, and they have the little presents on the trestle tables, and they come down and they have drinks, and then they do the presents and then there's a formal dinner and the kids go off to bed earlier obviously and the parents uh, stay up but I reckon that's probably the best bit of it when they're all giving the presents and it's joking and the kids can actually see that you know this this family of pomp and splendor are just like the rest of us at heart so yeah but that's why it would be really good being part of the Middleton family because of course the Middletons are party planners so they would have access to all the best novelty presents don't they? (laughs) I reckon Kate's probably done really well over the years (laughs) you know because the rest of you would just be another whoopee cushion wouldn't it? it gets a bit boring. 
also have a special name for breakfast <laughs> the next day. Yes, they call it <laughs> mucking in. So they lay, it's all laid out on a, a sort of like a buffet style and you, there's no formal breakfast. You don't have to. You can go and help yourself when you want to, thank goodness, because then they have obviously the big lunch after after church. But yes, mucking in is the name of the um, – sounds very horsey, doesn't it? <laughs> mucking in for breakfast on Christmas morning. So And then they, as we know, go off to church. Yes, well, we can expect it to be a little bit different this year, can't we? <gasps> Wait. <laughs> I usually um, do some television commentary on Boxing Day because, of course, our morning is uh, their evening. So we, we've seen all that. We've seen the Queen's speech and we've seen, obviously, who goes to church. And it's always, you know, a little bit, oh, Megan and Kate going to speak to each other. Well, that was last year. This year, it's going to be, is Prince Andrew going to actually walk to church? Well, firstly, is he going to be there? I've always called it that he will be because to not be there is... It's not tantamount to being guilty, but it's 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 a family occasion. And he needs to go and repent on his pomposity and <laughs> lack of judgment, I think. Anyway, anyway, but I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not he walks to church or whether he gets a card. There is some con- huge concern among palace courtiers that there may be sexual assault campaigners and a bit of a protest at church this year. I kind of think that because the media said there might be, that could lead to there being that problem. It's hard to know and it's hard to know how it'll be managed. But I can imagine the police um, and uh, the Norfolk police and I can imagine the Queen. You don't know what's going to happen. This is a really tricky year for her. I think it's right that he does go. I mean, it is a private family event and there's been no charges against him. These are simply allegations at this stage. So I think it's right that he goes to church. But I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens and, and how the public regard that I can see every single front page in England on Boxing Day already so and it will be Andrew walking Mm. to church but I don't think there's any way around it. I don't either everyone will certainly be watching Mm. won't they? Yes and the Queen's speech Zoe um, it's 27 years I calculated this the other day since she gave her Annis Horribilis speech which you might be a bit young to remember but um, back in 1992 she did a speech where she basically said, this has been my Annus Horribilis. 1992 is not a year on which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure. <clears throat> In the words of one of my more sympathetic correspondents, it has turned out to be an Annus Horribilis. I sometimes wonder how future generations will judge the events of this tumultuous year. I dare say that history would take a slightly more moderate view than that of some contemporary commentators. And what had happened that year is that Princess Anne had divorced, Charles and uh, Diana had separated, Andrew and Fergie had separated, there'd been a fire at Windsor Castle, one of the Queen's nephews had died, everything had happened in this year and the poor beleaguered Queen actually referenced it in her speech. Who knows how she will reference what's happened with Andrew this year because this is on that scale in terms of of a bad year. This is a bad year for the, the Queen and it's an unresolved bad year. So I suspect she'll tiptoe around it. I think she'll reference it obliquely within the whole Brexit mess and everything she's had. I mean, England has been at a standstill for three years over the over Brexit. So I think she's she will reference that and that the sort of feeling of what's happened with Andrew will will come through in that, but I don't think she'll directly mention it. Although I do have to ask you, obviously the royals have so much staff on hand. 
do their staff work over Christmas? Because yeah. I can't really imagine the Queen cooking her own. No, roast. no, she doesn't. <laughs> they, they don't at all. I mean, they, that's the thing. If you work for the palace, you're, you know, you're 24-7, 365 days. Yeah, and of course some people will be rostered off and each year different other people would have time to spend with their family. But signing up for that job, you are there to serve them. And actually Darren O'Grading, a, a, a former chef to the Queen, has spoken a lot about Christmas and what, what he used to serve and turkeys and they have various potatoes. It's very traditional. But what's one lovely tradition is when the head chef has sliced the turkey, the Queen has a special toast to her head chef on that day, which I think is really oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah that's so lovely. I'm not sure who the head chef is now, but that he, he revealed that little uh, tidbit about what happens at Christmas. Oh, perfect. And I know that um, just like the rest of us, that the royal family, you know, sometimes have some difficult situations they get into with divorces and other families. What's happened with Camilla this year? Wow, this is interesting, isn't it? So it's just like so many people at home, you know, normal people that are going about their business, they have this situation where they might be from a blended family or they may have divorced and they have another family. So if you think about it, Camilla actually has her son and her daughter and her grandchildren who are completely separate to the rest of the the royal family. I mean, she's Charles's second wife. And um, so what she's doing this year is she's going to uh, to the church. She wasn't there last year. She had a really heavy cold last year. This year she's going to the church and then she'll have lunch. And then after the Queen's speech, which I think is around three o'clock, she'll make her way down to London. And we know this because her son, Tom Parker Bowles, who's a, a chef and a, writes cookbooks, has talked about the fact that they, they're coming, they'll come down to London and then they'll, she'll spend the evening with her son, her daughter and her grandchildren. Um, and Tom actually made a very, uh, he's written a book about Christmas food. And he uh, revealed this very funny thing about how when his when he was a little boy, his mum and his aunt used to get up early to put the turkey into the aga, which are those old ovens that you have in the you know in British country kitchens, and that they'd be up at six o'clock swearing while trying to as he <laughs> as he put it kick the turkey into the oven. <laughs> and this is you can totally believe it with Camilla. She'd have a fag going you know <laughs> off her chin on, and then the other hand would be pushing the uh, the turkey into the oven. So I love the way that he's sort of given that viewpoint of his um, of of his mum. Hey, I have to tell you one thing that we uh, I meant to say. You know when they recruit the staff, so. Uh, so we're talking about staff working over Christmas. I really love this anecdote that I read about recently, which is there's a, a royal palace recruiter. So, of course, they're constantly having turnover as staff. And they're not paid that well, I might add. But when she hires staff, because she because working in a palace, she says, is different from traditional hospitality, she has this little test that she gives to people that come in to get a job. So they'll come into a palace and they'll come into a sitting room and she says she puts a dead fly in the fireplace. Oh, and when the, she, she directs the person over towards the fireplace when they've had either before or after their interview and she says what she's looking for is the potential staff member who will actually pick up the dead fly. And she says five out of ten probably do. And the five <laughs> that will pick the dead fly up is exactly who she needs working in the palace because those are the ones that will see the small things that need to be done and don't think it, you know, that it's all for the greater good. That even if it's not your job, you'll still pick it up. So I thought that was really interesting. interesting. Like how to test somebody's instincts. Oh, I, I don't know if I'd notice it. I wouldn't pick it up because <laughs> I'd feel I'd embarrass someone else who already worked there for not seeing it in the first place. So then you'd be exactly. showing up their standards, wouldn't you? You'd be looking like your the you're the sort of highfalutin one who's I, I wouldn't would you pick it up I don't think I would 
would you, Eliza? You wouldn't pick up the... No, she's shaking her head. <laughs> so none of us could be employed in the palaces. Oh, no. <laughs> Lucky we're so good at what else we do. <laughs> exactly. We just get to talk about them now instead. <laughs> exactly. Not pick up their dead flies. <laughs> well, on that note, that brings us to the end of the podcast today. Thanks, Zoe. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. See ya. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.